All right. Welcome in Corbett's Corner. We got fantasy football news and notes with Ricky Larson at the end of this podcast. We'll talk UFC 269 as well. But we got to get the man, the myth, the legend, my guy, Christian Verde on. Uh, Christian, good to get you on. Uh, thank social you, thank media you. coordinator, of course, for us. But you do a lot of work for LSU, hoops, football. You're a student there as well, about to graduate this May. Uh, and you guys have been in the news all season, right? <laughs> yeah, good and bad, good and bad. Right. <laughs> so what what did you make of Coach O? You've won three titles this century, talking yep. football. We'll get in the hoops as well, as you guys are one of the few undefeated teams remaining. Nice. Saban, Les Miles, Coach O. What was 2019 like for you? You were there, right? Yeah, yeah, 2019. I was working with the team, uh, doing uh, just athletic communication stuff for them, stats and all that stuff. Um, it was surreal. It was yeah. literally watching history in front of your eyes every single game. Nobody could mess with us, step in front of us. Every single person we played, it. I mean, other than that Texas game, uh, it really wasn't a competition. I mean, we beat the hell out of Georgia in the SEC championship, I think uh and then you know you play the chick-fil-a ball i forget who we played against oklahoma and i mean we had our third string team in and then <laughs> national championship i think the clemson took a 14-7 lead and then we didn't look back from there so a lot of i mean a lot of that was really taking it in and you know really appreciating the greatness that was in front of me because i know i'm yeah. probably never going to see a team like that that i root for ever again play to that multitude that they did yeah no kidding i mean one of the greatest college football teams ever right you yep. had burrow leading the way uh, we'll see if his touchdown record will stand, right, as yeah. Bailey Zapp's coming for it, but Jamar Chase and company. So my question there is, Coach O, two years removed, pandemic hurt, uh, but why the short leash? Like, he was still 51-20, and 20, like at least Les Miles seemed to get a couple of years extra. Yeah, I mean, the optics don't look great, but, I mean, that team was broken, man. You get, you're at LSU, you got five stars everywhere. And yeah. once your five stars start, you know, once they're kind of like, uh, I don't really feel like playing, you know, you lost the team at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes down to, you know, after we won, how big did his head get or something like that? You know, yeah. there's, there's reports of, you know, people hanging around the team that probably shouldn't have been hanging around the team with him and everything like that reports, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that I think is just, and then you give him the big contract right after he went. Right. So yeah. I think there was a lot of, complacency almost with him and he kind of took his foot off the gas and stopped really giving everything that he did whenever he was an interim and then you know hired to be the main guy yeah so now he gets to ride off into the sunset on his buyout yep. money he had the last one at home as an underdog um he's not coaching in the bowl game yeah. but what are your expectations realistically now that uh, brian kelly's in charge well a lot of people are upset because there's a lot of coach a lot of assistant coaches getting you know, going, uh, Corey Raymond, the guy who basically coined DBU for LSU, he's going to Florida with Napier. Um, we just lost someone today. I forget who it was. I think it was our, uh, Oh, Kevin Falk, our running backs coach who has been there forever. And so is Corey Raymond, but this was a, it's a rebuild for us. I think, yeah. you know, we, we promoted coach O from within and we kept everyone around him the same. And at LSU, you can't go six and six and you can't go five and seven or whatever we did last year. I mean, that's not, that's not, right. you know, up to expectations. So I think it's time for a full rebuild. I think, you know, I was talking to my roommate the other day and he's, he told me, he mentioned that point on how, you know, coach O gets promoted within everyone stays the same and we've gone six and six the past two seasons. Mm -hmm. So you bring in Brian Kelly, who is this coin, you know, he's Brian Kelly. He's had Notre yeah. Dame at, 
10, 11 wins a national or, you know, competed in national championship for the last, however long it's been there. And then at Cincinnati, he also succeeded there. So I think, I think I'm ready for, you know, a full reset on LSU football as a whole. And I'm bought, I've bought all in. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I don't think like my last question there was, did you think he was on your radar? Like who, when you knew the coaching search was going on, who did you realistically think was going to be it? I really, really thought it was Lincoln. And I think, I think almost everyone in Louisiana thought it was Lincoln just because all the smoke and everything that goes around it. But once he went to USC first, it made sense on his part to go there. Mm -hmm. And then second off, I was like, well, shit, I don't think, I mean, who is it now? Is it this dude from, you know, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati? I'm thinking of these like second rate coaches who are young, but have potential maybe, but I don't think and LSU doesn't want potential. LSU wants you to come here now Establish. and they want you to win right now. I mean, look yeah. at, they just hired Kim Mulkey from Baylor. They just hired yeah. Jay Johnson from Arizona for baseball. I mean, those are guys who, and girls who have a track record of winning. And so they bring him here and he wants to compete right now. Uh, so you do get exactly the established guy in Brian Kelly. What was with the fake accent? <laughs> now look, <laughs> look. He said one word weird, which was family. He kind of gave us a family, which did sound very Southern, but I think it's maybe just because I'm from here and I interact with all these people. To me, I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary until I saw it on social media. Yeah, that was my follow-up is like, you know, going to campus, like you don't have a drawl, right? Like, But you yeah. notice it from people on campus, like it's nothing, second nature. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think, you know, half my roommates that I live with have accents or at least yeah. I can tell they're from Louisiana. I didn't think anything of it. And I was at the basketball game at halftime where he was doing it at. And there I was just like, oh, it seemed pretty good. Yeah. But then, I mean, the next day on social media, it just blew up. And I was like, I kept listening to it. I'm trying to see if I'm like missing something. I caught the family, but it just sounded like he misspoke. I mean, it was smart on his part. He was playing to his audience, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's absolute comedy, though, I think. Just everyone, just the reactions around him. Exactly. Well, let's talk about that hoops team. I liked them last year. Unfortunately, yeah. you run into Michigan in the second sucked, round, right? Yeah, it's a big uh, almost disrespect this year. Just now in the top twenty-five, you know. But uh, Will Wade's got the boys undefeated again. Yep. So, um, just going to rattle you off some statistics here, just to uh, let you know what's going on. Yeah. Um, def- this is a whole different team. Last year, you got Camp Thomas, you got Javante Smart, Trent Watford, all dudes who are on NBA teams right now, getting NBA minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, losing them hurts offensively that's probably 80 percent of our offense last year so what will wade does like he said every year college basketball is about you got to rebuild a team every single year no team that you have is going to be the same unless you're a villanova who can get people to stay for four years right right so last year i think the last three seasons for will wade we've been in the bottom 10 percent of college teams when it comes to defense and there's a shit ton of college basketball teams there's like 300 something right uh so last year or last you know we've been consistently bad on defense this year um where's it at where's it at where's it at just add it up where's it at no worries as as you uh basically i think part of lsu getting overlooked is because everyone flocks to kentucky auburn tennessee and this is a sneaky team yeah and you also have will wade as our head coach and Mm -hmm. that goes without being said everything yes goes of course on time, right yes. willie willie <laughs> american gangster as um john rothstein the first in those <laughs> so ken palm our my good friend ken palm who's the only one who it seems to show us love in this world has us number one defensively for 
steal percentage, wall defensive efficiency, number two, adjusted defensive efficiency, number three, block percentage, number three, effective field goal percentage, number five, what we allow on two-point percentages, number five, and then turnover percentage, number eight. So defensively, I mean, we've just completely reconstructed this team to be a defensive juggernaut, basically. Yeah. I, I had written down here, I would call you guys one of the top three defensive teams in the country. Yeah, I, and I, I would agree, too. And I think in terms of net rating, that just came out the other day. We're number two behind Purdue. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, I mean, we have, I think the top, we have three of the top six guys in terms of defensive efficiency throughout all of college basketball. And we're not playing cupcake teams. I just want to let that no, know. We're playing, I know. We're playing a Belmont who makes the tournament consistently. We're playing Ohio, who was just a 13 seed and won a game last year. Uh, we played who, I mean, we've played a multitude team. We stayed, you know, we just went to Florida and beat uh, Georgia Tech and Wake and undefeated Wake Forest. Yep. Almost like it was nothing. We went to OT with one, but then handled it, handled it in OT. And I'm saying like, this is tracking to be a three or a four seed and yeah, please like, please the AP or the committee keep, you know, lowering those odds for us because I don't think Will Wade cares. He's going to go on a run with his guys. No, he doesn't care. And what he's going to use that is motivation because he'll use the drop of a dime to motivate them to do absolutely anything at all. So there was a clip the other day, some insight for you. Um, there was a Sunday game at 11 against Florida and some team that does not matter um during that halftime it was on sec network they're highlighting all the teams in the sec right so they yeah. go through your kentuckys the auburns the tennessees everyone like that talks about them all and there's the end of the segment guess who they didn't mention oh wow the old lsu tigers so yeah. i had uh someone come up to me and they're like hey man um is there any way you can find like, you know, replays of games online? I was like, oh, I can try. What's up? He was like, I need you to find this clip from halftime um, from the, from the Florida game. <laughs> and I was like, I can try, but what's it for? He goes, so they had a segment on the SEC teams and didn't talk about us. And I was like, oh, so what do you need it for? He's like, Will wants, Will wants to show the team that. <laughs> that's so incredible. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's just the kind of guy he is. So he's yeah. absolutely anything. And he's, I mean, we just beat the hell out of, Man, who was it? Uh, Ohio, maybe. I think it was maybe that game. And yeah, he came Ohio. That he came in that locker room, pissed. I mean, he was <laughs> mad at them. He, you could see his press conference went. I think it almost got like a thousand favorites on Twitter, yeah. just because of how mad we won. And it was a twenty point win. Right. So that guy is never satisfied with anything, which pumps me up. I absolutely love it. No, he's a winner wherever he goes. That's why exactly. he came here. And uh, yeah, machine, everything like that. So good looks. Uh, you've got obviously the new era here with Southern Brian Kelly, and yep. uh, you've got Will Wade rolling, firing on all cylinders. We're, we're living good at LSU. It hasn't been good the past couple of years, but yeah. we're turning upwards. Yeah, no kidding. That's the spot to be. Appreciate you hopping on. Christian Verde, our guy, uh, we'll get you on as we follow LSU throughout the course of the college basketball season. Good to get you, man. Absolutely pumped. Thanks for having me. Good to get our guy Ricky Larson back here. Thanksgiving off, scheduling conflicts last week, but we are back. Fantasy football advice and a good week to talk some UFC as well as UFC 269 is this weekend. Let's start with, uh, we're kind of going to talk like some matchups, fantasy advice for certain matchups. We'll get into some like, uh, which player would you rather start at each position and we'll wrap up with UFC I just saw this headline and it is so damn funny. We were talking about this on your podcast. Of course, Lucky Shots Media, check him out, YouTube, Twitter, et cetera, for his stuff weekly, uh, daily too. 
Mike McCarthy, we were talking about on your podcast, uh, how maybe the Dallas Cowboys are in trouble. Look at the football team, winners of four straight. It started with that shocking win over Tampa Bay, and they just keep on doing it. They play twice in the next three weeks. It begins this Sunday. Mike McCarthy coming off the COVID list comes out and says, we're going to win this game. Really? You want to give Ron Rivera a chip on your shoulder? You want to give Taylor Heineke a chip on your shoulder? You're a buffoon as it stands, and you come out saying that. Um, we talk about Antonio Gibson. What are some uh, players we're going to be watching for in this matchup, Washington uh, and Dallas? Uh, so, obviously, Gibson. Uh who knows if JD McKissick will actually be in the game. Uh, but either way, Gibson has been going out, putting up numbers, doing a great job. And look at, you know, how Washington's kind of playing football now. Their brand of football has turned into, we're just going to hold on to the football for as long as possible so that your offense doesn't have it. If we score, cool. If we don't, well, we just took eight, 10 minutes off the clock. Right. Good luck with a drive. So, you know, what is the main thing you got to do when you're controlling the ball? Run the ball. So Antonio Gibson, big play there. Uh, possibly no Logan Thomas this week. So where are you going to pivot? Well, Ricky Seals Jones. Why not? Uh, I like his first name. It's a, it's a great first name. Uh, but, you know, he, he played pretty decent when Thomas was out the first time. And he's a big target if they drive all the way down to the red zone he has as good a shot as any to, you know, get a, get a touchdown reception. So I like him as well. Obviously scary Terry. Uh, I think he might be one that's a little tougher to start mm -hmm. this week, possibly just because of the way they're playing football and the, there's not going to be a ton of passes in there. You know, Washington, finally, you saw the first week Taylor Heineke played, they threw the ball like 50 times. And right. I was like, what the hell are you doing? That, <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Well, now they're finally back to what they should have been doing from the beginning. I think their win streak goes a little longer had they not, you know, been throwing so much. Mm -hmm. But you know, those guys, uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, is probably going to be out. Okay. May may or may not be out this week. Uh, so not a lot of players on their side, but some solid guys. If you're going to play someone over there, uh, I would steer away from Amari Cooper on the other side. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. It, He's been injured. Yeah. Hasn't, hasn't been anything great for him. Uh, if you were to start anybody, I'd even steer away from Zeke and go with Pollard. Okay. Uh, I, I had to eat my words once about this because I thought Pollard was starting to be the guy and then Zeke had great games, but Zeke's banged up playing through stuff that he should just set out and then he'd come back a couple weeks later, be fine. Right. Uh, so Schultz, I would play Schultz. I'd play lamb. Uh, that's really it. I don't know. If, I don't know the status of Gallup and Cedric Wilson, right? They could be okay. Flex plays if you're in a deep league, uh, but I'd steer away from the other few guys. Fantasy uh, has been hard to come by and to judge for rookie quarterbacks. Like Mac Jones has shown that he is probably on paper, aside from fantasy, the best rookie quarterback so far. But part of that is landing spot. And then we see on Monday night, 
he throws three passes, you know, it's like, what the, you know, you can't, st- hopefully no one streamed him. I actually thought about it the other day, but you know, so which rookie quarterback do you feel confident most in streaming? And can I throw a name at you in Zach Wilson, who never really impresses me on the field, but looking at fantasy, like he's mobile, he's starting to make a little bit more plays and he's coming off a 21 point performance. Yeah. Uh, top five last week, which kind of shocked me a little bit. Not a lot of great quarterback play. So it was, it was an easy week to get into the top five, but he was there nonetheless. You see that the rapport with uh, Elijah Moore yeah. really come on. Uh, Jamison Crowder, uh, the oldest young man in, in the history of the NFL. You think he's like in his 30s. He's like 27 or something yeah. like that. And not very old, but uh, – he, he'd be an all right streamer. Who, who are some of the quarterbacks out this week? I forgot I forgot to write down who's on buys and all of that. But there, there's probably a couple quarterbacks that you may be starting that are on buy. He, he's an option. If you can't go get Taysom Hill, right? then, you know, it, you're kind of tossing up to stream a quarterback this week. Zach Wilson, why not? They're going up against... They got the Saints, so that's my only – their defense is pretty good, but who knows. Yeah, but, you know, they're going to – they're going to have to go out and do something. Yeah. I I wouldn't expect them to go out and do absolutely nothing. So, he's somebody maybe. Here's the streaming options we have right now and probably my, like, most paid attention to league. You've got Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G, Big Ben going tonight. Uh or Teddy B. I think I'd go Teddy B, but yeah. then I'd probably go Zach Wilson too there. Yeah. Yeah. If, if those were the options, as much as it pains me to say as a Broncos fan and how badly we need a good quarterback, I'd go Teddy B there. It's, mm. it's the Lions. It's De- yeah, it's Detroit. Exactly. So like coming uh, off their win, now they're going to the mile high stadium. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you could expect about the same out of Zach Wilson and t- Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. but Teddy's got the better matchup. So I would lean more that way. Um, man, I don't know. Hopefully the Broncos just run the ball a lot. Cause I, I like watching that more than I like watching Teddy Bridgewater try to throw. <laughs> right. Uh, That's so. a good point. Um, I have a difficult question for you. Mm-hmm. Which Tennessee running back? That's it. I don't even know half their names. If we're being totally honest, I don't even know half. I thought it was McNichols and all of a sudden Hilliard goes off. I pick him up. He goes off again. Now I'm seeing Deontay Foreman. Uh, Good Lord. For for a little bit. You even had Adrian Peterson in that mix. Right now he's in Seattle. Like I can't keep up. Yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, fair question is just, so many different names in a backfield that they without Derrick Henry, they're completely lost. So you who who the hell do you play? Um let's let's take a look. I mean Deontay Foreman, I guess. Yeah. Oh he he's got a decent amount of touches, had a hundred yard game in his last game. So I Yes, you know, and Tennessee points. is Jacksonville. That's why the only reason Hillard appears to be he had like a big run or reception uh, two weeks ago before they had their bye. Uh, but then, yeah, I see that like Foreman's the lead back. And Tennessee's confusing, but that's you know, yeah. no one cares about that. That's just my potential problem because I have to employ Tennessee running backs at this point in the season. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to Cincinnati this weekend, uh, boots on the ground, San Fran coming to town, coming off uh, an embarrassing loss at Seattle. Now they're heading east, uh, line moving towards the Bengals, even though they are an underdog at home, I think, short underdog. Um, what are some fantasy implications here? Debo potentially coming back. What does that mean? Mitchell, uh, give us the lay of the land. You know, th- this is a game where – I'm normally wrong when I expect games to be shootouts, mostly because it's a hopeful that, yes, fantasy numbers, let's have 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 a game. But honestly, I could see rolling out just about anybody you want to. Uh, For the Bengals, I I would steer away from both the quarterbacks. That could be problematic. But T. Higgins, uh, go with Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, uh, C.J. Uzama. I'm I'm about this close to rolling out CJ Uzama. I think I'm streaming him this week in a yeah, league. Yeah, so why not? Uh, and then on on the other side of the ball, you can roll out Mitchell, you can roll out Kittle, uh, possibly even Ayuk, yeah. maybe. Uh, and then you know if Debo's back, you don't know how he's going to get up to 20 points, but he'll get there somehow. I mean, they may yeah. throw him one pass, but then he'll get a couple of rushing touchdowns. Five Same. rushing touchdowns in the last three weeks that he played. What the hell? They, they should they should put him as a running back next year, honestly, like they do with uh, Patterson uh, for fantasy implications. But, yeah, that dude, I mean, he's fast. Uh, Shanahan's run scheme makes anyone look good, so you throw the best athlete on the field back there. Yeah, it's he's getting like his yards per carry has been incredible. Yeah. Um, Growing issue, though, so yep. enter your expectations. Uh, let's stick with your theme of offense. I think these are two games of the week, too, that should have plenty of offense and hopefully plenty of fantasy points, too. It's Buffalo-Tampa Bay. Buffalo coming off. Uh, they're going to be – I think they're looking forward to warmer weather after what they played in on Monday. Short week. Short week. Um, fantasy lay of the land here for Tampa-Buffalo. Perhaps a Super Bowl preview. Uh, you know, I would go either quarterback – uh, I think you'll be fine there. They'll probably each one. I imagine will probably throw a pick a piece uh, just the way that these defenses are mm-hmm. uh, for Tampa Bay. I'd steer away from Mike Evans. I, I just, I don't, I've never been a huge fan of Mike Evans. Uh, Chris Godwin. Holy hell. That guy had what? 15 targets. Seven. Yeah, no, was- I think it was 17 targets and 15 catches last week. Oh, roll that guy out. Yeah. I, give me 15 targets. I don't care if he catches the ball five times, 15 targets is a lot. <laughs> right. uh, then, you know, Gronkowski finally making his big comeback. He's had two big weeks. What a uh, year for Gronk. I mean, when yeah. he's been out there. Uh, imagine what the tight end landscape would look like had Gronk not been hurt at all this year. Yeah. Possible top five every single week could have a, a Travis Kelsey on our hands. Right. Right. There. Uh, and then, Running back, I think you I think you can still be okay with Fournette. Uh, I know Buffalo's got a good rushing defense, but Fournette has turned out to not just be a one-trick pony of just run the football. They get him the ball quite a bit. I think he yeah. had seven catches last week. So he's he's definitely a play as well. On the other side, you, you're going to start Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel comfortable in that. But other receivers – you know, you got Emmanuel Sanders, Gabe Davis, who was the one who caught the touchdown last week. He's a possibility. Um, 
Dawson Knox, I'm not too sold on right now. I don't like, I don't like his matchup. Um, and I don't like the production that's been going on the past few weeks for him, but possibly he could be somebody you play as well. Yeah. Uh, steer away from their running backs though. That's, that's a mess. Right. Yeah. No kidding. It's a, you know, Moss, Singletary, Matt Breida still kicking around. Um, okay. Last game it is Monday night football, I believe. Well, it's a primetime game Rams uh, Cardinals. And then we'll kind of get into some start sit. I'll throw some names at you, but uh, Rams Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, good, good for Sean McVay for just tossing a goal line fade to OBJ, make them feel, you know, all good for the offense. What, you know, good for them. You know, they break the OBJ curse, but now they got to face a real team, not the Jag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have been totally content with uh, OBJ not catching a touchdown last <laughs> week because uh, it just made it look like, oh, he's still a fantasy. Right, out. right, yeah. Like, he's not. No, Don't, we see right through just that. because he had that long touchdown a couple weeks ago, and just because they tossed him one this week or this past week, no. If you're going after points for uh, the Rams, Cooper Cup, Yep. They need to force that guy the ball. When they're forcing him the football, for some reason it just works, and they win football games. His targets have gone down. His production's gone down a little bit. No. Nope. <laughs> Get that man the football. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Henderson even. I, I like him this week. Uh, Arizona's got a very good defense, though, so it, you got to play anybody from uh, the Rams besides Cooper Cup with caution. Okay. Because you just you you don't know how Arizona's defense is going to play. Uh, I just think Cooper Cup's going to get a lot of of opportunities. Yeah. Everywhere else, Tyler Higby, maybe you know, uh, yeah. if you don't have you know a great tight end and you're looking for someone, he's a touchdown option. But he's I reliable. think that's what you're have to you're gonna have to depend on that. Other side, Arizona. I mean, there interesting situation i talked about it on my fantasy show a couple days ago that there's a possibility chase edmonds may play this week oh wow coming off ir okay i doubt it but there's that possibility so if you've got you know the the choice between james connor or chase edmonds which one would you play i I would play james connor no doubt um i wouldn't expect edmonds to do much if he is in this week so Mm -hmm. that's where i would go at that route yeah connor still a touchdown machine d hop was back he got a touchdown but it was kind of a fake fantasy performance right 12 i ended up sitting him i think so he got 13 points like it was an okay decision you know what can we expect going forward from him you know uh he's somebody that i just decided to get rid of i drafted him and kyler and neither one of them are on my fantasy team anymore Hmm. uh i ended up being able to swap for herbert and allen which more beneficial in my my eyes but you know he's been having kind of a weird slow season even when he wasn't hurt uh but he has been hurt quite a bit so it's it's just kind of a weird weird year for him uh you know if he's fully healthy then i'm like yeah yeah you play him till he dies right but so far i i would much rather go zach Ertz as a receiving in that offense uh than d hop right now 
Interesting. Yeah, so a lot of good games this week. Uh, we appreciate the fantasy advice from Ricky Larson, Lucky Shots Media. All right, rapid fire here before we get to UFC. Uh, who are you taking a quarterback here, Taysom Hill or Dak? Taysom Hill. Okay. Uh, I don't believe in the Cowboys. Uh, we, we talked about it on my show. I think the Cowboys are going to fall off and not even make the playoffs. Um, and uh, uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah. dual threat had 20 points throwing four interceptions what can he do without four interceptions <laughs> possible 30 point game sitting right there so uh i would take hill for sure moving to the running backs uh elijah mitchell or gibson mm. just for the fact that i think washington's going to be ball control ball control ball control i'll go with gibson there uh mitchell's nev- not been a bad play uh really at any point this season that he's been starting and healthy. Uh, but I just think Gibson's going to have more opportunities and be kind of pounding the rock, possibly get in for a touchdown or two. And he's going to get those receiving targets as well with McKissick, you know, either out or in, in a limited capacity. Yeah. Both guys set to have a pretty solid game, but yeah, I would give the edge as well there. Uh, wide receiver. It's the battle of the Moors. You taking Elijah or DJ? Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't believe in Cam Newton. Yeah. So that's, that's me saying, I believe in Zach Wilson as a quarterback more than I believe in Cam Newton, which don't, don't quote me. Don't clip me on that or whatever, but, uh, I'm an Elijah guy. He's coming on rookie out of Ole Miss. We'll, we'll go Elijah more there. He he's been, he's just turned it on for what, three, four five weeks now. He's just been getting a lot of targets, turning it into something. So I, I would take Elijah there. And doing it against uh, multiple quarterbacks, right? He's had Flacco thrown into him, Mike White with a cup of coffee, and then uh, he's got Zach Wilson back. Um, all right, let's go to tight end as we get you out of here, or excuse me, before UFC talk. Kittle or Gronk? Mm. <laughs> it did it to me. Uh, I, I, I'd go Kittle just because – it's it's a more favorable matchup going against uh, Cincy than Gronk going against Buffalo. Uh, but I feel like Gronk has gone – he's reverted back to the Patriots version where it doesn't matter who the hell you put on him. It doesn't matter who the hell you're playing. He'll beat you. Throw it to a spot. He'll catch it. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to go Gronk. I'm going Gronk. I, I just don't want to think about it. We're going Gronk. Gronk. Okay, good stuff. I am jacked for this UFC card. I think one of the coolest fights I've watched in the past, uh, you know, year or two years now was uh, Oliveira coming from behind to stun Chandler. Like, just like what happened? It was like, wait a second, this Chandler's fighting all of it. And he's crying as the belt's coming on. You got to root for this guy. Um but you also got to root for Dustin Diamond Poirier. I'm leaning Oliveira here as a dog. What am I doing? The fight win streak. Here's my only thing. Poirier, yes, he's been great. But the last three fighters he's faced since losing to Habib, right? Mm-hmm. Dan Hooker, we've seen what he's done lately. And then Connor twice. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Connor, he's he's not he's not there anymore. Um Dustin, he's a competitor. He's he's a great fighter, but I I honestly don't see Oliveira losing. 
I mean, Oliveira, how long has he been around and well, fighting legitimate competition to get where he's at? And he's finally there. He's not going to, you know, let Dustin walk in and take take anything from him. He's going to make him work. Oliveira is a monster, man. And I think he's finally gotten to the point where he's he's on his stride. You know, we talked a while ago that in fighting, you kind of hit your prime a little later than yeah. sports. And I think he's finally hit that spot. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I think he's finally hit that spot of this is his prime and he's going to ride it out for a little bit. And I don't, I don't think Dustin wins. Nine fight win streak for Charles. The last time he lost was 2017 to Paul Felder, who we see in the booth more than the ring now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so here's what's interesting. Poirier's favored. Opened at 161. He has moved to just 162, but the line moving away from Oliveira, who opened plus 115, he's now plus 130. What does that tell me? Nobody knows a clue. I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, everyone knows what the hell is going to happen here, barring the absolute catastrophe, but it never happens. Amanda Nunez, nine to one, you'd have to put 900 bucks to win a hundred dollars. Amanda Nunez, you're running out of opponents for her. It's so dominant, her reign. Honestly, I've been following Juliana Pena. Wow, I butchered the easiest name in the world, Juliana Pena. Yes. Uh, I've been following her since she was on The Ultimate Fighter, like five, six, seven years ago. She she even took an extended amount of time off because she had a kid. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Amanda Nunez has popped out any babies. I hear that's pretty hard. So <laughs> yeah. I think maybe Pena has got a little bit of more she's pain resistant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but she's a fighter. I've loved watching. And before she, you know, took the sabbatical or whatever to have a kid, uh, she was a hell of a fighter and real hard to beat for anybody underneath uh, Nunez. Yeah. I, I, I still think Nunez wins, but I think it's not going to be, the complete domination that we see against everybody else. I think Pena can go in and actually put up some sort of fight. Uh, and she's been working for a while too, to get here. So, and she has three submission finishes or excuse me. I'm sorry. She has uh, two, or she has one. She's lost by submission twice, but that's the way you're going to beat Nunez, right? It's just going to cut. You're not going to overpower. You're going to shock her with getting her to tap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nunez has been absolutely crazy. Uh, fun fact too, Pena, the last time she fought was on the undercard of Poirier McGregor. So she's under right. the card as well for Poirier here. Uh, Cody Garbrandt coming back. Sugar Sean O'Malley, that's just wrapping up. We were supposed to get the main card. We were supposed to get Mosfidal Edwards. Mosfidal pulled out. Um, Garbrandt and Sugar Sean both favored in their fights. Do you think they get it done? Garbrandt? Oh, man. You know how hard it is to just watch what I what I saw when he had that feud with Dominic Cruz. Mm -hmm. That was that was one of the funner rivalries to watch. Um, but he's do you know who Kai Car France is? I do not. I'm trying to Kai Car France. Uh, okay. he, he's the I've only watched you know a few of his fights, but the fights that I have watched, he's very impressive. Uh, and honestly, I think Garbrandt is either past that prime. I think maybe he peaked early or he still has yet to hit it um, because it, we haven't seen a lot of out of Cody Garbrandt as yeah. of late. So 
I think Kai Car France has been more uh, active. He's he's got you know less of the ring rust, I guess you could say, than Cody Garbrandt. I, I think he's the one that goes out and takes this win. I like and that. I, that might be the play because line is sharps are moving the money towards him. He opened plus one twenty five. He's down to plus one twenty. His two only two losses in the UFC. It's a pretty good competition. Roy Val and Moreno. Um, the only thing I remember of Garbrandt, you know, again, I came into the UFC, you know, with nothing until like 2020 on. And the only thing I saw was Garbrandt with that insane knockout he had in front of no crowd where he ended the round at the buzzer, knocked this dude out cold. Other than that, he lost to Rob Font, pretty much got dominated. Uh, he's lost to Munoz before that in 2019. As you said, the rust, he's only fought twice since the pandemic. This will be his third fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, I kind of did forget about that walk off. Uh, yeah. I guess the Suncio with the Sunsau. Yeah. Uh, Rafaela Sunsau. Yep. And which that's, that's a guy that if you want to talk about people past their time, right. You know, that's a fluke win. It's, it's nice. Ridley, right. Like it's kind of, it's kind of that type of thing. I mean, it was a hell of a, hell of a shot. I mean, Nice for the highlight reel, but yeah, it, like it's the same thing when Derek Lewis did that and he took out Blades. I was like, that's a fluke. Blades was destroying him, but he got the, you know, he doesn't get the win at the end of it. And, uh, and then let's let's hop down to probably my favorite fighter uh, currently active right now, Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Fuck yes, I love this kid. Uh, from Montana, which is even cooler, you know, okay. how many people do you see from, you know, Wyoming, Montana, uh south dakota even you know how many people do you see from those areas that are making it big in the fight game sean o'malley is the only one that comes to mind i mean you can go way back and there was there was a guy from south dakota i uh nate marquardt okay yeah i think he actually grew up in uh wyoming and then was in south dakota so that kind of thing uh but you got to go way back to have somebody from this area and O'Malley he's just fun to watch he's he's a shit talker uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I, I saw a tweet yesterday I wanted to throw this out Sean O'Malley says about Peter Yan I don't see who's going to beat Peter Yan other than me I think he's got more high level experience but I'm just a different animal oh. and Yan immediately responds yeah we know what kind of animal with uh the poodle emoji <laughs> Hey, I love it. Getting something started. That would be a hell of a fight. Sugar Sean's only lost once. It was via an elbow to a pretty good fighter in Chicho Vera, right? Marlon Vera. Um, All this dude does is knock out people. Remember that freaking fight before uh, Poirier McGregor three Sugar Sean O'Malley against Chris Motino, that dude that just ate 250 punches to the face. That was the one of the most craziest fights I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Moutinho should have not gotten a loss for that. Like give give Sugar Sean his win. That dude did not deserve to lose. Like, I don't care. That was a performance of fight. I'll never see again. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a guy I hope we see at some point again. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully he, he kind of refines his skills a bit and doesn't have to endure 250 punches in the face, but he's a tough guy that I'd like to see at some point again, but Sean, he, he's very technical. Like you look at him and you're like, Oh, some tatted up weirdo. That's like this big around look be do, but he's so good. He's technical. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure who uh, this guy is. He's fighting. I've never watched him fight before, 
but right. must be somebody decent if he's up on the main card, only has three losses. So it could be a tough fight, but I, I think Sean, he is a different animal, may not be a poodle, may not be a lion, but who who knows? He he could be like a, a bearded dragon. Right. No, a cool guy. I've, I've He's done the podcast circuit. Um, you know, yeah, I do root for him, and he's usually an overwhelming favorite. So he's he's three to one right now. Yeah, Paiva, Paiva, I don't really – he beat Kyler Phillips in, uh, you know, kind of a split decision fight. Yeah, I think this should be Sugar Sean. Uh, yeah, we'll get you out of here with this. I just got, I mean, it's a jacked card. I, I think there's going to be some good fights in the preliminary card as well. Dom Cruz is a name. Dan Ige is a name. Sakai versus Tai Tuivasa is interesting to me. Just any thoughts there if that piqued your interest, and then we'll get you out of here in Corbett's Corner. You know, I, I love Dan Ige. I love Dominic Cruz. But Tai Tuivasa, talk about just like a guy that you see walk out and you're like, how the hell is that guy a fighter? He looks yeah. like he was poured into his shorts. Uh, hell of a fighter, and I love watching him. He's got a lot of personality. Uh whoever he's going against looks like a decent opponent. So uh, that's the one I'm looking forward to. I, yeah. I think Tui Vasa knocks him out. That's my bold prediction on that uh, because he's just a lot of fun to watch and he, he's an Aussie. You love watching Aussies yep. fight. So uh, that, that'd probably be the one I'm most excited about for this undercard. I was on him in the knockout over that punk Greg Hardy, that terrible fighter, Greg Hardy. That was Poirier McGregor three. That was electric fight. He just owned him within 67 seconds. I do like this guy, Augusto Sakai. I've actually, during the pandemic, he fought on some of these undercards and, you know, there's nothing else to watch. So I was like, shit. And he piqued my interest. I'm trying to see his recent stuff here. But yeah, I mean, showing that this, he has lost two in a row. So (laughs) yeah, he won five straight and has dropped his last two, but he fought Overeem and then Rosenstruck. So he's starting to face that tougher competition. But, yeah, I think that'll be a hell of a fight there at heavyweight. Um, good to get you back, man. Appreciate the time. Ricky Larson, Lucky Shots Media here on Corbett's Corner. Let's enjoy some NFL uh, action this Sunday, Thursday tonight as well as we'll get this out. And then 269 UFC on Saturday. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you.